Greetings and salutations. That was really loud, by the Greetings. way. Greetings! Yeah, let's scare people. Welcome to Recasted, the podcast that uses the latest technology to decipher the mysteries of recasting movies. Yep. As is standard here at the Recasted headquarters in Hass's house, we have entered a new month of films to bring you up to date. And this month's task is to take films that fall in the category of tech noir. What is that, you ask? Well, tech noir is defined as... <clears throat> Dictionary.com defines tech noir as... <laughs> Actually, Wikipedia defined it as a hybrid genre of fiction, particularly film, combining film noir and science fiction. Um, if you've seen Ridley Scott's Blade Runner, James Cameron's Terminator, these are all examples. Tech noir presents technology as destructive and dystopian force that threatens every aspect of our reality. Fantastic. Yeah. So join the scientists looking to fix the future of the film, Hassa. Hello. And myself, the mastermind of chaos, Chris. As we revisit a recently retired Bruce Willis film. Well, not well, the, the film, film hasn't retired. <laughs> Bruce Willis retired. And explore the strangeness that is Terry Gillian for a second time as we recast 12 Monkeys. Yep, for a second time. For a second time. I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about it. So... I this movie came out in '95, so I probably would have seen it around then. I would have been ten, old enough to see a movie like this. It's not that I remember renting it, but it's not like no, bad. I'm just saying, I yeah. remember renting it and seeing it, and I remember loving it. This was my introduction to Terry Gilliam's fun brand of crazy. Um, Outside of Monty Python. Well, no, but like even in Monty Python, it's not this. No. With the the animation style is unique and everything like that, but like it's not this. Like his 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 brand of like trashtopia. Steampunk. Yeah, like everything is just junk and like it. It's um used a lot. Like um, oh, what is his name? I can never remember his name. The guy who does like Dr District Nine. Elysium, like uh, his something plumps. Uh, Neil Blomkamp. I want to say yes. Okay, let's go with yes on that one. He he has a very similar aesthetic, except his is always like covered in graffiti and yeah. uh, like it's it's all it's all stuff like that. But like, I just love how there's always like newspaper blowing around and trash on like trash bags everywhere and like. Well, also. Um... He really likes his big plastic suits. He does. <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed when he's like, oh, they're sending him outside. He's in a big plastic suit. I'm like, wow, this is Brazil again. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it, 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 yeah. Yes, it was Neil Blumkamp yeah, that did uh, District 9, Elysium, Chappie, Demonic. I've never heard of Demonic. Apparently he did Anthem, Conviction. Oh, Demonic was last year. Okay. He's done a lot of weird stuff. Yes. He's a weird dude. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Likes working with Charlotte Copley. Yeah. Well, three of his movies are with him, right? Um, but yeah, this... This, and then and then you have to take into account, like, the score. Mm -hmm. this, that weird theme song that... I don't know what it's played on, that... It's like... It seems a little too jaunty to be for what it is but it's like it's like playful 
Mm-hmm. Right, because and then it really and it really fits, and you and you're like you hear it throughout the movie, and you're like, this is so weird. Like, why is this? And then when you see the animals running around the city at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and you hear that th- that song, you're like, oh, they wrote it for this scene, and then it just they just played it throughout the rest of the movie because like it's like everything else in this movie, a bait and switch. Yeah, All right. Like everything in this movie is like, hey, look over here. This is crazy. Is he crazy? Is he not crazy? Oh, 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 no, we're actually telling you the truth the whole time. <laughs> oh, did you see this guy? Yeah, here yeah. he is now. You know, like they don't believe him because he just seems crazy all the time. But then she actually starts believing him because... Because he had a World War One bullet in his leg. Yeah, and he knew about the kid in the well and like... Yeah. Yeah. And showed up in the World War One photo, mm-hmm. which I thought was really well done. Yeah. yeah, I love this movie. I just think it's really well done. Mm-hmm. I, I have never well, other than one, I have never not seen a Terry Gilliam movie that I have enjoyed. Not enjoyed, sorry. I I I love his stuff. I think he is an amazingly talented director. Um, I'd love to see him do more things, but he is getting quite old. Yes, like the rest of the pythons. So the remaining pythons. Yes. Well. All of them except for one. Two. Who's the other one? I thought two of them are gone. Hmm. Maybe? Doesn't matter. Um, Tis unimportant. Is it? it hold on. Well, well, you keep talking. I'm going to look this up. Well, I was done talking. Oh. <laughs> this is your turn to talk. I was like, is that? Oh, well, Eric Arnold's still around. Yeah, because Graham Chapman died. Graham Chapman. A long time ago. Terry Jones is still around. Is he? Yes, he's still around. Michael Palin's still around. Eric Idle's still around. John Cleese. One of, I thought one of them passed away not that long ago. I thought it was Michael Palin. Did Michael Palin die? No, maybe not. Okay. Sorry, everybody. Apparently, yeah. we don't know our Paul, no, 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 no. Don't lump me into this. I was like, no, they're all still good. <laughs> I, guess, I swear there was two of them that had passed away, but maybe yeah. not. Whatever. Yeah. This is a good movie. Um... I really, I really enjoy the, I haven't seen it before, so this was the first time I've seen it. I did enjoy the whole, like, future back. Terry um, Jones is dead. Hmm? Terry Jones is dead. Okay. Died in 2020. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was, like, yeah. okay. So, I was semi-right. <laughs> Terribly, I didn't really want to be right on that, yeah, but. Yeah, you had a semi. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie wasn't quite what I expected, though. Had you ever seen this movie? No, this was the first time. I oh, just said really? that. Oh. Yeah, you weren't listening. No, because I was go. looking up Terry yeah. Jones. Um, yeah, it wasn't quite what I was expecting. I did suspect a bunch of things while watching it, like the first time. Like I was like, okay, he has these dreams. I'm like, oh, this is going to be the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment I saw, what is, what's that guy's name? David Morose's character, uh, Dr. Peters. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's either Morse. Morse. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) He's either part of the 12 monkeys or he's the guy with the virus. Cause it's super clear that Mm -hmm. like that was going to happen. Um, but yeah, the rest of it was, you know, really well done. But they like misdirect you too. Cause like. Brad Pitt's character mm-hmm. has a very similar ponytail, 
near the end of the movie as well and like yeah so well that and yeah they really they really make you think it's gonna be brad pitt's character mm-hmm. and then yeah and then it goes Sha-na-na. uh definitely think i got some changes coming for this movie yeah some new newer things different setting but yeah. different setting yeah. not philadelphia and baltimore no somewhere else england yep because <laughs> all of my people are british <laughs> except for like one or two anyways um yeah no it was it was good um we'll probably talk about him more when we get to the main character but like bruce willis in this was amazing yes like we'll, we'll just talk in generalistics i really like the acting in this movie i think it's really well done i think it has a very like naturalistic to it naturalisticness mm-hmm. to it like um it's over the top the sound effect that um, frank gorson's character makes with his mouth uh what he's thinking that that thing with his tongue i'm not going to do over a mic <laughs> um but like every time they talk there's like yeah you know well He's just a crazy person. Like, and I can yeah. see a bunch of like old psychiatrists who work in asylums <laughs> talking about their people like that because they've done it for so long, right? Yeah. Like, none of it's sensationalized. None of it's uh, they don't not yelling about him. They're just like, oh, you know. And I and yeah, I just think it's really well done. So, and Frank Gorshin's always fun to see. Yeah, he's Frank Gorshin. <laughs> what? This is our second movie we've done where uh, Batman '66 villain was in. Yeah. Because yeah. we did um, that stupid movie with Chevy Chase in it that had Burgess Meredith. Uh, Fool, something Fool's yeah. Revenge. Yeah, I know. It was, um, yeah, it was just terrible. Yeah. It was in Philadelphia. No, was it San, San Francisco? Francisco? That was, yeah. you're like, movie set in San Francisco. Yeah. That was a terrible movie. It was a terrible movie. I want to talk about it because I kind of want to just put him back in here. Frank Gorton? No. No, he's dead. No. But uh, Christopher Maloney. Oh yeah, the detective. Yeah, I just want him to be the same guy. <laughs> the Law and order is back. But like, and like at the end, like after he talks to her, like after mm-hmm. he gets on the phone, he's like, "Yeah, it's this bullet from World War One. That's weird." Ice Cube and, walks in. No, but like she, you know, she gets she's off the phone looking at the books, and he's like, <laughs> "Why do I feel like I've done this before?" <laughs> I just it was funny to see him, and I'm like. Does he just always play a cop? I know he, he hasn't. I know he, he had. He, he, played. he either plays a cop or, or he plays a crazy person. Yeah. Because <laughs> what was it? Happy was the show he was on? Yeah, yeah. 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 But then and he like, returned to Law and Order, too. Um, Wet Hot American Summer he was in yeah. and he was he was the cook. He's just he's just hilarious. I just, I just kind of want him to be back. But the problem is I'm like, I'm setting it in like England time. Well, not England time. But England time. I'm setting it in England. And I was like, meantime. he just shows up as like, yep, no, it's a World War One yeah. bullet. And you're Wait, like, why are you an American cop? I'm on loan to Scotland Yard. <laughs> I'm here on a, a case. But I'm here on a fighting mission. Yeah. You know, they just needed me in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> we just needed to put it. I'm on vacation, actually. I just, oh, here I am. Detective, stop going into the evidence. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was neat seeing him just show up and be like, oh, wow, his hair. Yeah. He's young. He yeah, was young there. Very young. But then again, so was Bruce and... Brad and... Yeah. yeah I think this is definitely... This is, this is one of my favorite Brad Pitt roles. I said one of my favorites. <laughs> For those who don't know, I was pointing to a giant poster of seven <laughs> yes. right behind me. I said one of my favorite. I have this one. There's seven, and there's obviously Fight Club, yeah. which is great. Um, 
<laughs> I know they're very like red flag, you're a terrible man movies, but <laughs> yeah, it is. You but... know, I I just I think he he has this manic nature about him that I absolutely love. I don't know how accurate it is when it comes to whatever he's supposed to have or anything like that, but I think the fact that it's just this vague crazy mm-hmm. is works for the film. Yeah. So. He's just kind of way off his rocker yeah. on it. And then, and I love the two different eyes and apparently those were hand painted eye contacts. Yeah. yeah. And like the weird way he, he gives the middle finger to people Yeah, and then he just uses it, uses it as like an emphasis when he's like waving his hands yeah. around. <laughs> it was, it was good. Yeah. Do you want to hear some fun facts? Yes. Let's hear some fun facts. Cause so they involve a lot of Brad, about this movie. Brad Pitt and uh, Bruce Willis. Okay, well, speaking of Mr. Pitt, uh, don't you ter- want to talk? You don't you want to? Oh, uh, fun facts! Yeah, fun, fun facts! facts. <laughs> <laughs> fun facts! I'm not gonna sing him to Blueberry Hill. Okay, so <laughs> Terry Gillian was afraid that Brad Pitt wouldn't be able to pull off the nervous, rapid speech. He sent him to a speech coach, but in the end, he just took away Pitt's cigarettes, and Pitt played the part exactly as Gillian wanted. Um, yeah, I've always heard that story because it's just it, it's probably true. Because yeah. what did I say it was? Ninety six. Yeah. This movie came out January fifth, nineteen ninety six. So it would have been filmed in ninety five, ninety four, ninety five. Everyone was smoking in ninety four, no. ninety five. So speaking of getting actors to play a certain way, Terry Gillian gave Bruce Willis a list of Willis acting cliches not to be used during the film, including the steely blue eyed look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bruce Willis took a lower salary than his star status would normally entitled, partly because of budget restrictions, but mostly because he wanted to work with Terry Gillian. Actually, Bruce did the movie for free. It was only after the movie was released that he was paid. Brad Pitt, on the other hand, was signed to the movie for a relatively small salary um, when he was still an up-and-coming actor. By the time the movie's released, however, Interview with a Vampire, The Vampire Chronicles, Legend of the Fall... And seven had been released, making Pitt a like top salary huge actor. Star, yeah. Like I remember when um, Interview of the Vampire came out. Like mm-hmm. it was like Brad Pert, Brad Pert, <laughs> Brad Pert. Brad Pert. We don't know who he is. Son, but he's... son of Neil Pert. Yes. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And this is like, and then you watch the movie, and you're like, oh shit, Antonio Banderas is also in this. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. and then you watch the movie, and you're like. This movie's trash. It's not a great movie. But uh, Kirsten Dunst is not as good. <laughs> um, all right. So when Cole is drawing blood from himself, the shadow of a hamster in a hamster wheel can be seen on the wall. This scene would normally be shot in about five minutes, but took a whole day because the hamster would not move. And Terry Gillian is such a perfectionist that he insisted that even this detail should work as intended. <laughs> For the rest of the production, Gilliam's perfectionism was nicknamed the hamster factor. <laughs> as detailed in the behind-the-scenes documentary The Hamster Factor and Other Tales of Twelve Monkeys in 1996. Weird. So... Oh, I got one more, but... Okay, go ahead. Okay, so lastly, uh, right after Dr. Leland Goines uh, gets off the phone with Dr. Raleigh? Raleigh? Raleigh. Raleigh. Dr. Peters, David Morse, Morose, Morse, Morse, uh, can be seen handing a tray of seven vials filled with golden liquid. Peters is finally revealed to be responsible for releasing the virus. Twice in the movie, a passage from the Book of Revelations is quoted, referring to the seven golden vials filled with God's wrath. Yeah, he also goes to seven different cities. Yes. Yeah. 
because he is carrying the seven vials of God's wrath. Yeah. 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 Those so, are all your fun facts. Those are some good fun facts. They were. Just because I was looking it up, because uh, you said Bruce Willis was a star at this time. Well, he was, yes. Yeah. Um, so this was in 96. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, it says 95. Um, so in 96, he did Last Man Standing, Beavis and Butthead Do America, <laughs> and something called Bruno the Kid, the animated movie. Okay. <laughs> but this was after Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought Die Hard with a Vengeance was much later in his career. And that mm. was the third Die Hard. This is also one of the third Bruce Willis movies where he goes back in time and sees himself as a kid. Well, I know of the kid. The kid and Looper. He doesn't see himself yeah. as a kid. He sees himself as a younger man. Yeah, that's true. But this is I the really third time. I really like the kid. I think he... Cause, okay. We're going to talk about it now. Yep. Bruce Fun Willis good. is... John McClane, through and through, no matter what. A great action star. Mm-hmm. Give him props for that. He's in one of the, probably the most perfect action movie ever made. Expendables. Two. Three. I hate you. Sorry, I do, I, I love this scene. I think it's Expendables 2. Yeah, where him and Arnold use their other, the other yeah. person's. And then Chuck Norris shows up for some random reason and does a Chuck Norris joke. That's, and you're like, Haha. that's two, by the way. That's great. Um. So bad because he, he he demanded too much money to come back for three. That's why they had Harrison yeah. Ford, which still works. Yeah. Um, Get the Harrison Ford point. But like, I really like his acting, Bruce Willis's acting in this mm-hmm. movie, and this movie, and like even as we talked about it, I really like the kid because he 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 has a really good comedic timing. Oh, like um, the whole nine yards was that him? That was him. And then the whole ten yards, neither yeah. of which were great movies, but but he still played yeah. comedic. Yeah. But yeah, like um, the scene right after he kidnaps the psychiatrist, and he's in the car asking her to play the music, and it's like getting him emotional. Like that is really mm-hmm. good acting, and it's really well done. And like it doesn't hold a candle to some other like huge like best. Six sense. No, I'm talking about like other actors who are like oh. not like. Let's just go with Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. in some of his films, right? <laughs> well, no, but... No, he, sorry. I'm, I was going through Bruce Willis's IMDb, and I forgot he was in the Lego movie yeah. where he's just in the vent. <laughs> like, are you just hanging out here? Yeah. I like it up here. Um, you know, he's, he's not always like that, but I don't think he, he is given the chance to be like that that often. Like, I think that's why he took movies like this one and why he took The Sixth Sense as well and worked with M. Night Shyamalan is because he didn't want to always be John McClane. He's been in 138 things as an actor. Yeah. But like Un- Unbreakable. Yeah. Unbreakable was a great movie. Yeah. Um, Glass was good. I just never saw that one. I, li- I liked him in that. Again, another one where they're like, you might be crazy. Oh, do you want me to ruin it for you? No, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I, I really, it's, I'm trying to think of a way of saying this without either being insensitive or not making my point come across. Make your point. It's a bit of a shame when it comes to people like Bruce Willis, because as much as we love him as an action star, mm-hmm. he definitely got typecasted and grew to hate it. Yeah, I mean, he like, did. Do you remember the press tour he did for Red 2? 
No. Like, he was, like, basically insulting all the reporters and stuff because he's like, this isn't the fun part of my job. No. The fun part is doing the movie, you know, hanging out with all my friends, and then I have to come talk to you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, now we know that he's not all there mentally anymore. So oh, yeah. probably started back then. And, um, well, I mean, he was... Because mental illness isn't a quick process. No. So. But, like, he's been in so many good movies. You want to hear something sad about mental illness? Not really. We want to be pretty on this, this uh, podcast. So, back to the Future Part 2. Yes. Um, I almost called him Marty McFly. What's his name? Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. You know, had to, had to do more skateboarding. Yes. He learned how to skateboard for the first movie, and you don't normally forget that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? He completely forgot how to skateboard. And he talked about it later in his life, and he's like, that was an early sign of Parkinson's. Because yeah. that's the stuff that goes first. Is the, the, the motor skills. muscle memory. Yeah. Right? And this is like, that sucks. Like, <laughs> And like that's probably why in the last 10 years of he just Bruce Willis' career, like, he has done nothing but like straight B. to DVD yeah. B movies. Just kind of, I mean, yeah. But like he was in some of the greats. Yeah. Um, I was just, I was scrolling through his list of things and it just, yeah, I like, like always forget certain ones, but then he like shows up like Sin City. Yeah. He played Hardigan. Yeah. Um, I loved, I loved Sin City. The first one. I never actually saw the second. I did love Red, like the first Red. The second one was okay. Yeah, it was, it was all right. No, yeah. the Sin City, I mean. Oh. Um, I didn't realize he was in Planet Terror, but apparently he was in Planet Terror. Yeah, he was the bad guy at the end. Was he? Yeah, he was the he was the rogue general. Oh. Yeah. Lucky number eleven. Great movie. Uh, yeah, Sin City, o- Ocean's Twelve. Apparently, he was in as himself. Yeah. Do you not remember that? <laughs> no. So in Ocean's Twelve. Oh, when he shows up because they 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 use Julia Roberts Hertz. and they make him or make people think that she's Julia, Julia Roberts, Roberts and he shows up to be Julia. Yeah. <laughs> And he goes, oh, Julia. <laughs> um, yeah, Sixth Sense, uh, The Whole Nine Yards, The Kid, Unbreakable, like Armageddon, The Fifth uh, Element. Which we have done. Oh, I love The Fifth Element. Yeah, he's done a lot of... He's had a great career. So He was on The Muppet Show. Yes, he was. I remember that. Anyway, what do you want to change? Okay, so I'm setting this in London. In England, because I started picking a bunch of actors and realized they're all British and went, no, they're not playing this in America. And it didn't need to be played in America. Not at all. So, the start of my film is him in the the mental ward. Not the future? Not the future to start. I want that beginning that he kind of has to be like when he's telling a psychiatrist... Like, as part of, like, his therapy. And then it's the flashback to all that. Mm-hmm. And then, up until the point, he disappears from the confinement room. I want it to be a little more ambiguous about whether or not he I, is. I think, no matter what, you would want to write it more ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, there is the, is he crazy? Yeah. He, you know he's not. No. Like, because the, as the audience, you always know that he's no. from the future. and But you want to, I want it to start and get about halfway through until you realize that, okay, no, he does a no thing. So we'll change the kid in the well 
to some other mm. major event. I will bring it up to now. I'm not going to keep it in the 90s. Okay. Um, and I, I struggle with the fact that I'm like, I don't know if I want it to be like only because I think they said that the future in their movie was 2035. Was it? That's what IMDb well, was saying. If the if so it's he about was a, what, 40 a twelve years. year old. Yeah. Let's just go with twelve when the virus hit in ninety six. Yeah. So that would make sense. I don't want him to Not be twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. <laughs> I honestly that's the whole virus thing. And I want that to be part of this too. It's COVID. <laughs> yeah. I I I chose people that are in about their thirties. Because I was like, I don't know if I want them to be remembering the time before the virus or they just grew up in this like kind of dystopian virus take. And that's why he's so fascinated with everything around like music and whatnot. Like, I know it kind of it might alter it slightly, but um, I want when you actually start to see him time travel, like Mm -hmm. I want a couple more shots of him being in different places see for me that's what i want to change because i want to lean into that a little bit because he goes to world war one and then just into the 90s but you also like there's also lots of like you hear just like background conversation of Mm -hmm. other people right because even when brad pitt is showing him the asylum he -hmm. mentions a guy who talked about being from the future yeah right so there was another person from his group in that asylum well so right and the, then the psychiatrist has a whole presentation on it. Yeah. Where th- um, they have that guy that shows up. They say, oh, he had a different accent. And yeah. I got the impression, I don't know if you did, it's the same guy that's in front of that theater. The same preacherish guy. Because he looked the same. Oh, maybe. He had the beard, he was bald, yeah. and he was carrying the thing, and he was saying the exact same. Well, that's the thing. Like, those people show up all over the movie. And that's what I, I want this to, yeah. to be like, I, I, I you think, see different people be yeah, like. I think um, the best part that it does it is when he's escaping the asylum at the beginning mm-hmm. and he sees the guard from the future, right? Mm. who then when it cuts back to him and it cuts back and it's the act, an actual guard. Yeah. I think that's kind of stuff where you, where you're seeing through his eyes, something that isn't there or something that yeah. changes and have in the background people from that you see when he goes to the future right yeah. so um yes so it's like the at the very end that dr jones or whatever her name is yeah did she come back yes like or was that like that was always one of those questions like was she there oh, originally you know i didn't i didn't add that as a fact so imdb talked about that um as a fact and they said like he Terry Gillian wanted to leave it open and ambiguous, but they shot a whole bunch of things. Uh, they shot the end scene with him as a kid, and then they shot that with the. Um, I want to say her name was was it Jones? I think it was Jones. Yeah. Um, but they kept them both in because they they did really well at the test yes. screenings. Jones. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't. Carol we just... Florence. Because they they didn't have names like they're mm-hmm. botanist geologist zoologist yeah um astro- we just call them astrophysicist microbiologist council of and poet you gotta have a poet on a council of scientists yeah 
yeah, so other than those changes, um, the Council of Scientists, since we're talking about them, I want just as like, I almost thought of being like, I want a whole bunch of the Doctor Who people, but I want like Matt Smith, David Tennant, uh, Peter Capaldi, Jody. It's just a, every living doctor. I, I <laughs> honestly was thinking of doing that and I was like, okay, maybe not. Um, cause Bruce Willis isn't going to come back. No. Um, no. and then I thought getting the remaining pythons. That would be interesting. That, they're also old too. Mm-hmm. What was the last thing? The, I don't know. The bait and switch, I guess. Like the whole 12 monkeys thing. Yeah. Like, I still keep that the same, and with the... Well, bait and switching is kind of, like, all over the film. Yeah. So. But I want it to be, like, there are a lot of hints and whatnot of things mm-hmm. popping up, and and I like the whole, like, he's like, the 12 monkeys, 12 monkeys, and then they go and find the three people in the one shop. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, we don't do it, deal with them. He's just crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah, I love that. I do like the fact that they don't. He doesn't change anything. No, but he, he talks about that. He can't. No, like their like version. It's a video. Their version of of time travel is they're not hmm. changing anything. They can't change anything. It's just they're just information. Yeah, they're looking for something that they can bring back to the future to help the future. Yes, they can't go back and change anything, no matter what. And I do happen. love that when the guy's like opening the thing and he's like, oh, see, it has no smell. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's okay. really all of my changes. Um, I mean, it's the aesthetic you're going to change the most of. Mm. I do like the whole we've scrambled together all of the technology we could get to like build yeah. a time machine. That's so weird. Yeah. But yes, I want more of the, like when he's at the asylum, I want him to be at the asylum for like a year. Because I'd be like, you've been here for like, in the beginning, he's like, yeah, I overshot. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and I'm waiting to find a way to get a message back to bring, to pull me back. Because I, that was the one thing I didn't quite get is how did they pull him back at times? Hit the return button. When did they know? Because there's that one where he's just jumping in the puddle and then he's like gone. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's, but I want it to be like he's left a message of some sort where he's done something that has well, said, they, oh, this is where he is. They could track him. Yeah. By right. his teeth. By the tooth, right? So. But I want him to be like, there's something either he does or says or leaves behind that they then go, there he is. We need to get him now. Hmm. Like that's how they know when to pull somebody, like the phone call. Yeah. Oh, it's a carpet cleaning place. Just leave a message. Oh. Oh, shit. I'm not crazy. I do like that. I'm keeping the whole... No, I agree. I'm crazy. Yeah. And then it's like, no, you're, you're not. <laughs> the only real big thing that I'm I'm changing, um, other than I really want to lean into more of the actual time traveling aspect of it, I do want to see them screw up a couple of times, send them to the wrong times, blah, 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 blah. Um, or even send Jose to the wrong time, too. Yeah. Like his buddy. True. Right. And I also want to see him... I, I really do want that they're watching him all the time aspect of it. Like, you see them in the background, or he thinks... 
<laughs> that they're in the background where it's just an actor who looks the same as the, another actor or something like that. Like, I really want to play with the fact that he doesn't, he is the unreliable narrator, right? And I, and I think that the movie tries to do that, <laughs> but by showing scenes in the future, the way they do it, you just think he is missing pieces, yeah. right? Well, Instead of being an unreliable narrator. So there's there's one there's one thing that kind of a little bugged me a bit about this because there's a scene where um, the psychiatrist at the very beginning is like, "I know you from somewhere." Yeah, but she doesn't meet him earlier. No, she knows him from the picture. Yes. I think that's what I always thought. I, that I, she remembered seeing him in the picture. Maybe, but I, I kind of want... Because that was her presentation. She would have been no. studying it, right? So. I kind of want one of the times here he they shoot back that he goes further back and like runs into her... As, a, as when she's a child. Either when she's a child or when she's like a teenager or just going to college to get mm-hmm. her degree. Like He runs into her and goes, oh, shit. <laughs> Takes his tie off. Hands it to her. David Tennant. Yeah. <laughs> Time travel. Time travel. <laughs> Doctor Who shows up. <laughs> what are you doing to the timeline? <laughs> ah, then a DeLorean comes out of nowhere. <laughs> the only other thing I really want to change is I, I never liked it. I don't like the love story that blossoms between these two. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a respected psychiatrist. He is a nut bar who never showers. Um, there's no way that would happen. I I am 100% okay with him being she her being a sympathetic character, and I want her to be that, but I don't want her to fall for him. I think it's weird. It it and it kind of just happens. And it, I think it diminishes her character a little bit. Yeah, because it kind of brings her from a state of like you're Trying respected, to... mm-hmm. you're intelligent, and this to you kind of get hysterical. Yeah, which seemed really weird. And like you pull the bullet out of this guy's leg that turns out to be World War One. Yeah, that's gonna s- probably mess you up. But mm-hmm. like you would be like, I need to think rationally and figure this out. Yeah. If he is from the future, then okay, what is it he's trying to do? Yeah. And that's what it, I think it needs to get to. Where instead of like, oh, let's go see the ocean, or it could be, although it's a little harder with mine because the ocean is surrounding England. Yeah, but. If you're setting it in London, London's yeah. not next to the notion. No. It's got the river. The river. Yeah. The river. The river Thames. But, like, it could literally just be him going, you know what? I need to, I want to go experience the Florida Keys mm-hmm. before I go back. Yeah. Because I can't stop this. And, yeah. and she kind of goes, oh, let's stop this. Or they think they stopped it. Yeah. That's how I kind of maybe think one the bait and switch is they stopped the 12 monkeys the army of the 12 monkeys thinking they stopped it Mm -hmm. and then it's like on their way they go oh no it's not they just are animal activists i don't know i I, um i kind of want to keep mine like maybe not the 90s but like ambiguous time Hmm. do you know what i mean like you know how some movies just yeah they don't really talk place in a time (laughs) present day um I want to do that just because I think I think if you like try to do it like modern modern, there's no way that man's getting on the air the airplane, right? 
No. Because the moment there's a shooting in the airport, they're shutting it down. Right? <laughs> Even if it's a cop-related shooting. Like, he's mm-hmm. not flying out a couple of minutes later. Right? So... But I think you can rewrite parts of that where it's literally he... Yeah, he, you know, he's getting on a plane. He himself is getting on the plane, but his virus is being sent. Mm-hmm. And he's going to meet it in these seven places. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or... Because all he has yeah, to do... Or, the, or they meet him at the airport and he's like... I already sent the virus. Yeah. It's but been gone for weeks. Like All he has to do is, like, when he gets to the TSA and they're like, sir, no liquids, he goes, oh, sorry, p- opens it and pours it out. Yeah. They're never going to know. No. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And with so many people in line, you've just exposed... Oh, crap. Maybe we're helping the, <laughs> the eco-terrorism here. You know? Do you, remember, do you remember the game The Division? Yes. That had a great premise for this. Hmm. Right, where they put, I think it was a super version of TB on yeah. dollar bills for Black Friday. Yeah. And like that was a great idea for a terrorist attack. <laughs> yeah. It's but, like, okay, it's going to be, it, this is the terrible podcast, so we're going to talk about this. It's terrible because you, you tend to think of things that you're like, if they, if they, somebody just did this. It would be the biggest, like, if somebody so, blew up the Oscars, I'm not saying we would, but if somebody did, just imagine what kind of chaos that would be. 100%. But let's not forget, we do have a really good system of law enforcement officers oh, yeah. around the globe continuously monitoring this stuff to make sure 100%. Um, anybody who was building a virus, a weaponized virus, is on a list. If they have stuff Any, that they have to do it, like in the in a privacy, like they know these people. Oh no! Like it's they, very hard to do this nowadays, right? It's so. every. We're probably on a list at this point. <laughs> you definitely are. I'm. I'm. I'm certain. I probably am. Okay. For building viruses. Uh, let's see. I yeah, took I the th- common cold. I, th- I think that's, that'd be it for my changes. Yeah. I just really don't like... I really want her to just be on his side the whole time and not treat him like he's crazy where everyone else treats him like he's crazy. Yeah, I want everyone else to just uh, not ignore him, but like push him aside and be like, no, he's just another crazy. And her being like, no, we can help him. And yeah. you know, he, he's got delusions, but this and this. And then as you grow, you go... Oh, he's actually Mm -hmm. making sense, but he's also spent his entire life underground and dealt with a virus. The only thing I did really want to see and I never saw it is when he goes, he goes to the surface, right? I wanted to see what the virus actually did to people because it does nothing to the animals, does nothing to anything else, right? But that's the whole thing. Like, he can't be contaminated. He has to go in quarantine. He had to do all that stuff. Like Captain Trips or something? Yeah. Do you know what that is? Sorry. No. I just made a reference. I then realized Chris probably doesn't know what this is. So the virus from The Stand, the Stephen oh. King book. It um, made you swell, like, all your lymph glands and everything mm. was swelled up. So, you're, like, your neck would, like, puff out and everything. And then yeah. you just basically bleed to death in 24 hours or something like that. Well, just take take the similar thing from The Rock. Yeah. Well, that's not a virus, but that was the chemical. Swear to God, when you said it, I'm like, what did Dwayne do? <laughs> he knows what he did. 
You can smell what he's cooking. Then I got on. (laughs) The rock. Uh, All right, should we get to our cast list? Yes. Not very big. No, very, quite small. Because we didn't cast the... The scientist. The scientist. Like, that would be the thing that would make it big. Like, you said you wanted to do... Cameos. Cameos, and I think that would be the best bet. Like, I, like, I didn't, I'm not going to, like, just off the top of my head, I'd probably put... Michelle Yeoh in there just because she's I really like her especially when she cameos and stuff just have a um, cameo of like all these people Matt Damon for some reason <laughs> we saved you enough Matt Damon well I've actually picked a lot of people who are generally regarded as funny mm-hmm. um, I don't know why maybe just because funny people have a dark side and this kind of has that yeah I um, think you can play this as like yeah because you can totally play like Okay, I know we, we kind of talked about it, and you're not going as, as future, but you could totally play it as them being, like, freaking out about COVID, and him coming in and being like, oh, no. No, <laughs> you no. Know. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. And people are like, I don't, like, you run it, he runs into an anti-masker, and he's or, like, oh, my God, you guys would have lived if you, <laughs> like. Or, like, that could be part of your bait and switch, right? He might think that's the virus he's looking for, and then yeah. he goes back, and they're like, Wrong one. Try again. Yeah. Right. Thank you for the sample, but yeah. this is the wrong year or something. We cured COVID years ago. <laughs> no, we won't get into any political stuff I, on that. I, but like. I think for me, like we talked about how Terry Gilliam directed this. Yes. Um, I think you'd have to have a person like Neil Blomkamp, like Guillermo, even. Yeah, Guillermo. Someone who has that kind of gothic futuristic aesthetic mm-hmm. um i'm thinking for at least you don't like, want obviously Neil Camp does but like when it comes to guillermo like golden army when when the uh, elves were like living in like steam tunnels yeah right like that kind of stuff right i think you have to have that aesthetic for this movie um so who what was the director i know it wasn't another movie like the ghost in the shell movie <laughs> the live action one it wasn't a great movie but it still had a great aesthetic i don't know who that director was though yeah but it, like all all those like practical effects and stuff were done by weta digital and, yeah. and weta workshop right like the the assassin rupert uh, sanders the geisha assassins in that one yeah. scene like those were real masks that opened up yeah like that was all done by weta workshop so i know it wasn't a great movie it was it was it was a decent movie it just Which is a lot coming failed. from you because you love Ghost in the Shell. I love the original. Yeah. It's just they, they... Speaking of Technoir. Yeah. They butchered the major. They butchered the character. I think Scarlett Johansson was a good choice. They just butchered her character. There's um, <laughs> We went off topic again. There's a fun joke that they did in SNL. Because um, there was a biopic about frank sinatra going around about a a while ago and Hmm. scott stapp from creed was supposed to play him in the movie and they made a joke on weekend update with snl who one of the guys is Hmm. married to scarlett johansson colin joseph is married to scarlett johansson so the joke was that uh, scott stapp was going to play frank sinatra and sammy davis jr was played by scarlett johansson Because, like, that was, like, such a big thing. Like, it's like, oh, she's playing an Asian person. No, she's playing a robot. She's playing a cyborg. Like. <laughs> they they did. 
I mean, that's the problem with the storytelling in that movie, and I could go into a whole podcast about how that messed we up. We could have picked a movie. We could have picked a Ghost in the Shell for this month. You know that, oh, right? No, it's not. Well, you'd have to do the animated series or the animated one because they redid it. But like, that's the problem is that really you actually brought that. And by the way, I'm sitting in front of Ghost in the I Shell. Know. <laughs> um, you really brought that upon yourself with the way they wrote the story for that, yeah. where it was. She was an Asian girl. Yeah, because you went and saw her parents. It's yeah. like, oh, God. Where instead of just being like, no, she's the major in an army who has this robot face that mm-hmm. was mass production face. Yeah. And she just happened to choose that one. Like, come on. You didn't need to make this. Ah, okay. Let's get into Terry Gilliam, though, because now I'm just going to get mad. Well, did you want. Okay, well, let's talk about Terry Gilliam a little bit because I do, I do enjoy his stuff. Um,. Let's go to his director, because he has a lot of writing credits. Uh, actor, director. 20 credits, director. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to know what he's known for? Brazil. Yes. Mm, I don't know if he'd be known for this one. No. No. Two Money Pythons, so oh, Meaning yeah. of Life and Holy Grail, Holy and then Grail. Time Bandits. Something, I forget to something I've always wanted to see. People talk about it all the time with like great reverence, and I've never seen it. No, I've never seen it either. I've always seen the cover of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but so Brazil. The, a couple of Monty Python things, Time Bandits, um, Brazil, which we've already done, um, Adventures of Bar- Baron Munchausen, Fisher King, Twelve Monkeys, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, another great example of a disassociation of reality <laughs> if you've ever seen that movie <laughs> yeah. um the weirdest one i've ever seen is tideland I, if you're gonna watch a bunch of terry gilliam movies i would either save that one to last because it's probably his worst or just don't watch it at all it's not a bad movie it's just not not a great, hit, not a great ver- uh, example of what he is um, I really enjoyed the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, especially because it was Heath Ledger's final well, role. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Into the cast. Into the cast. Let's do this. Oh, I didn't mention. This is a very um, unique movie when it comes to Rotten Tomato score. Oh. They are both 88%. This is the first time we've ever gotten the exact same number for both critics and audiences. <laughs> I give it to you. This is a good one. Okay. So, we're going to start with Jose. Jose. His uh, cellmate. His cellmate that shows up in World War One, that shows up at the end and gives him a gun that doesn't do anything. Well, no. He probably shoots. He just doesn't shoot it. Well, he's, spo- well, he's like, here you go. Take the gun. You're going to be a hero. Yeah. So. I did kind of like that where he's like, no, man, like... For you, it was five minutes ago. For us, it's been thirty-something years, and like you're you. Basically, he's like, you either have to do this or I shoot you. But like either way, we're gonna. Yep. We figured it out. Okay, uh, Jose was played by John Senda, who is known for La Brea, a TV show on NBC. Ooh. Chicago PD, another TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bullet in the Head, which looks like a Stallone movie. I think so. And The Pacific, which was a really good miniseries. Yes. And I think I remember him from The Pacific. I do remember him from The Pacific. Not as good as Band of Brothers, but good. No. It's still, still yeah. a good show. It's also one of the most expensive shows ever made. Mm. 
Like, even to this day, it's still one of the most... It's like number eight or something like that, but yeah. Anyway, who did you have for uh, Jose? Jose. I have Diego Luna. Okay. No. Sounds good. You don't don't know who he is? Yeah, he's the guy from Rogue One. I love that we always remember him just from Rogue One. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. He's done a lot of voices for stuff. Sorry, yes. I'm, I'm looking him up right now. That's fine. So, like, he's he's a heavy voice actor. Um, he played Cassian in Rogue One. Um, he was in The Bad Batch. But, well. Was he Cassian in The Bad Batch? No. He was Jimmy. Okay. Uh, the Book well, of just Life. Would have been. He was in Elysium. He was Julio. Never saw Elysium. You never saw Elysium? No. No. No, I really like District 9, and Elysium didn't get great reviews, so I'm just like, meh. Eh, it was alright. I never right. ended up seeing it. Definitely never saw Chappie. No, I Sorry, I wasn't gonna about to watch a movie with D. Antwoord in it. Their music is annoying enough, I cannot... <laughs> Anyways, so yes, uh, Diego Luna. Um, his father is Mexican, and his mother is British, or was British, of Scottish and English descent. So again, another person that can kind of... Fit into the two. Yeah, but like most of the time you're seeing Jose like. Yeah. And kind of what I wanted. Sorry, I should have talked about this too. I don't want them to be in when they're in the future to be like, we're in London in the future. I just want them to be in underground cities where it's a mixture of. A, well, you don't really see a lot of other people because it's basically a prison. It's basically a prison. So it's in Australia then. <laughs> it's underground Australia. Wow. Yeah. No. Um, but Diego Luna's great. Uh, Rogue One, kind of the reason why, because he can play that kind of pops up and just bees the person and then disappears. Yeah, he bees. He bees. <laughs> he bees. Who'd you have? Um, I picked Natalia Tena, nope. uh, Tonks from the Harry Potter oh, movies, I and like um, that wildling from mm. Game of Thrones. Yeah. I picked her because she. In both of those pieces of, of work, she was a little bit weird. And Very especially weird. as a wildling, she was kind of nuts. And Jose came across that for me. Like, I think if you see him more in the movie, I kind of want him to be one of those characters that pops in and out of Cole's life and just been like, mm. to confuse him. Right? Cool. Like, he comes in and is like, you need to keep stay on task, man, but then disappears. Huh. And like... But it kind of they they kind of talk about how they needed somebody strong minded, yes. and that's why I think like Jose uh, and I agree with you. I think there should be times where he's way more crazier, and then when you see him at the airport, he's normal. But that's because they keep throwing him in different spots. So that actually reminds me of something I thought about. Like Jose should be the man who's talking to him all the time. Keep calling him raspy voice. Yeah, right. That should be Jose. Hey, it should Bob. be like every now and then Jose just happens to show up. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Keeps so. calling him Bob. Yeah. I also call him like seven different names because it's like James, Jimbo, Bob. Cole. Cole. Yeah. Mr. Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Goins. Dr. Goins. Originally Leland? played by um, Leland Goins. Mr. Christopher Plummer. Kevin Spacey Fillin. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> if you want to be weird about it. <laughs> Um, great knives out. Great knives out. Amazing in knives out. Not not so great in sound of music. 
I just really don't enjoy the sound of music as much as everyone else. Um, born in Ontario, Canada. Ooh. Uh, died in Connecticut yeah. in 2021 at the age yeah. of 91. I remember that. That was last year. Yeah, that was, was sad. sad. Um, good actor. Very, very good actor. Even um, in this, like he shows up for three scenes. Something like that. Like I almost didn't want to put him in, but then I felt like because you needed the connection to Jeffrey... Yeah, that, but like not only that, but like he is Christopher Plummer. Right. <laughs> I just realized something stupid. I'll tell you about it as we go. Okay. Um, yeah, I really, uh, really enjoyed seeing him pop up and stuff over the years. One yeah. of my favorite heist movies. He's technically the bad guy um, in it. Uh, the inside, inside Man. Oh. With Clive Owen and uh, Denzel Washington. Great heist movie. Mm-hmm. One of the best. Um, yeah, he plays an ex-Nazi, which is okay. weird considering his yeah. heritage of... <laughs> it's going to be like... <laughs> yeah, so... But yeah. then again, one of the best ex-Nazi movies I've ever seen was App Pupil, and it was Ian McKellen, right? He yeah. was scary in that movie, so... I guess it's my go. You're up. So, because I kind of have this... Guillermo type thought behind this movie I had to pick him and I went with Ron Perlman because <laughs> again like my cast is very different my cast is no, like if you saw this cast you'd be like oh they made a comedy no but I don't want it to be that way because again like where's way my goddamn boot <laughs> the way Bruce Willis acts in this movie and the way like and the way Brad Pitt acts like if you played it even a hair in the other direction. This could mm-hmm. just be a comedy. Yeah. Right? But I think the fact that they play it so well, and I want mm-hmm. it to be that. So, I I do. I love Ron Perlman. I think he's a great... I'm going to say he's a great B actor. He is a great B actor. Um, but it's, it's crap like Monster Hunter, coming back to terrible adaptations, mm-hmm. where he just... He does not give a crap. You can tell. And he's like... Yeah, so everyone else is speaking, like, whatever, whatever language. And I learned your language in English, so I'm just going to talk to you like this the whole time and talk to all these other people the whole time. And I'm going to do it because I don't well, want to learn their yeah. language. Because <laughs> I'm just Ron Perlman, and I'm in this movie. Let's well, go, Mila. that famous line from Michael Caine about Jaws 4. Yeah. I don't remember making the movie, but I remember the, the house, house upon yeah. me. <laughs> like, it's a paycheck. Yeah. Like, the job's a job, right? So... But like, oh, I miss him from I. I really wish they had done a third Hellboy. With Guillermo. Yeah. Well. And they changed it, and I never. I it was it wasn't very good. I tried to watch it, and I yeah. fell asleep. David Harbor could definitely do the part. The story did not. See, that's the thing. It. Why don't you just? If you got Guillermo back, just keep Dave Harbor. David. David Harbour. David Harbour. Okay, anyways, who's your... Are oh, you Ron, Ron Perlman. Perlman? It's on me. <laughs> you did that to me last week. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went for the older... I went for the voice. I went for Jeffrey Wright. Nice. Yeah. Mainly because... Captain Barbosa? Hmm? Captain Barbosa? No. Oh, Jeffrey... Sorry. You were thinking Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. <laughs> I'm thinking Jeffrey Wright, yes. who we recently saw in the Batman. Yeah. 
as right. Commissioner, or well, not and, Commissioner and Gordon. As the Watcher. As the Watcher. I, I love him as the Watcher. Um, it's just that kind of voice and the, the gravitas he brings to himself. It's, he has a nice timbre. Yeah. <laughs> His nice speaking voice. And I, I could just see him doing like the whole on the phone, talking to the doctor, and be like, yeah, yeah, oh, okay, we'll beef up security. And then him being like, you know what? Maybe we will beef Maybe up security. Maybe we will beef up security. I don't trust my shitty son. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust him. Or even like that speech at the at the party. Like, yeah. So, Jeffrey Wright. I like it. Not Captain Barbosa, because he, <laughs> he would not go with my <laughs> Jeffrey Goins. Goins? Yeah, Goins. Goins. Hmm. Okay. But before we get to Jeffrey Goins, mm-hmm. we got to go to Dr. Peters. Dr. Peters. Played by David Morris, who is... In it for three scenes, and that's yes, it. But, but in also every TV show you've ever seen I, has got at least one or two episodes with this man in them. I always remember House, <laughs> where he played the detective that was out to get House. Yeah. He, uh, uh, where the hell is he? The IMDb for this Oh, yeah, it was weird. Because I think it's done with the same way they did it in the credits, where it's mm-hmm. by appearance. Yeah. So. And he's not top build, but uh. Where is he? There he is. Uh, yeah. It's uh. Yeah. He, he is, is known for the Green Mile, the Hurt Locker, Contact, and this movie. Actually. He's always kind. I of... don't even remember him in the Hurt Locker. <laughs> I don't remember seeing it, but he's always kind of a dick. He is always a dick. Um. Yeah. Which is kind of sad because he's also, uh, he's good at what he does, right? Mm. But it's very much a typecast at this point. Oh yeah, he was in Drive Angry. Um, yeah. He was on House for, like, a whole season. Yeah, it's something like that, yeah. yeah. But, like, not every episode, like, yeah. No. No, he was, like, one of those ones where he was a recurring character for, like, that season, and then, um, but he yeah. Was in he, six episodes. That was it. He was in The Rock. He was in The Rock. We've already casted him once. Yeah, he was the second in command. No. Yeah. Yeah, he is a very, very... Pro- I know I say this a lot. Prolific. You need a- to come up with a better word than prolific. You say it every time. He's a prolific character actor. It's your, go- it's your go-to. You know what? We're going to look up. You keep talking. I'm... It's not my go. It's your go. <laughs> you okay. have to talk. Okay, so the reason I was laughing is because apparently I just chose a bunch of Jeffries. Um... And I chose, and I chose this guy because uh, what was he in? He showed up on something when I was oh, when I was looking up Jeffrey Wright, this other Jeffrey showed up, and I was like, I I love this guy. So I went with Jeffrey Donovan. Okay. Don't Did you I'm ever gonna... watch Burn Notice? No, no, we've had this conversation. I don't watch terrible television. Oh, Bruce Campbell was in that, and you can go suck a lemon. And and what? I rest my case. Bruce. <laughs> Why are we friends again? I don't remember. I love Bruce Campbell, but you cannot look me in the eyes and tell me he makes good content. He makes great content. <laughs> um, let's see if you you might know him. He's apparently on Law and Order now. Is he? Was he the main guy in Burn Notice? Yes. Okay, I know what he looks like. Yes. Those those trailers were on every every oh, yeah. commercial. Yeah, yeah. But he just has that. When I was looking at him, I'm like, I just want somebody that's in the background that you could kind of recognize, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be like a big name star because that's not the pull. Mm-hmm. The pull isn't, 
it's Brad Pitt. It's not David Morose. Morose? Morse. Morse. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying morose. Yeah, it could be like morose, but there'd be it's, another, there'd yeah, be another there'd be no, oh. letter in between the R and the S. Um, like, I wanted somebody that you're just going to put in. And him being this kind of like, he's I've seen him play like weird. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want because this guy meets uh, Catherine early on at the book signing. Yeah. And he's really kind of that weird person talking to her about it. And she just blows him off, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of want. Let somebody's just going to be there, be kind of weird, and then away. Yeah. And then they come back. This is my weirdest casting. I think one of my weirdest Kate castings McKinnon. to date. Did you do Kate McKinnon? <laughs> no. Do Allison I give it? Janney. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's not weird at all. I totally believe that. Um, no, so like, I don't remember what the movie is. I never saw it. But... So I picked Jason Siegel. Okay. So I know Forgetting Sarah or I, I love Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel is amazing. He is great in High Met Your Mother. He's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah the, Marshall. He's one of the best romantic comedies ever. Mostly because it's about mostly about a breakup. Um, and he is amazing in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why, but the way that David Morris was acting because he was happy. That he was yeah. destroying everything. He was just so happy whenever he was on screen, when he was talking to Madeline Stowe at his books, at yeah. book signing, when he was talking to Christopher Plummer, when he was on the plane. He was just like, this is awesome. I am going to kill everyone. This is the best. Like, He was so happy. And I just, I have this vision in my head. Yeah. Of this being played by Jason Siegel. And I, if you look him up, there's a movie he played where he has a ponytail. <laughs> sure. I, um, I think he is a reporter who goes into a prison to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, or vice versa. Something like that. Um, but, yeah. I don't... This oh. is why. this My brain saw this image of Jason Siegel that I have in my head of him in a ponytail. And then it combined that with the... The face he always had on him when he was in the Muppet movie. Oh, yeah. Where he was just, just so, so happy, happy to be there. And then like, it's like, for some reason, my brain went, that's your guy. And I'm like, I can't yep. change this now. No. Because so, it's weird and it doesn't make sense. And I like those things when I that can... happens in movies. Yeah. So we were talking about that and I just realized, because we were talking about the end of the movie where she's on the plane. It's like, oh, is that the future mm-hmm. um, scientist? Or is that, I was like, I just realized, like, if that's a future scientist, the way she's getting the sample is by sitting next to him. Yeah. Because he's exposed himself to it. So she's just exposing herself because apparently... Then she wouldn't be allowed in... But apparently it it mutates is what they talk about. They needed the pure sample to fix. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shoot. Is that how she did it? Because I I would always assume she just tried to take a vial and then went back. Maybe. But then, yeah. How does their time travel work? Anyways, okay, we're on to uh, Mr. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Jeffrey. Another Jeffrey. <laughs> See, I had, I had Jeffrey Wright, Jeffrey Donovan, and then it's like Jeffrey Goins. Jeffrey like, Goins. Huh. Um, uh, that's that's the look. I don't know if you could see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I see him. Um, so that was the image I had in my head. I don't even know what the hell movie it's from. <laughs> Go look on IMDb people for this because this is a podcast. Called, you can't uh, see what we're seeing. <laughs> it's called The End of the Tour. Yeah. 2015. 
Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. So, uh, Mr. Brad Pitt, Jeffrey Goins. Yeah. Crazy guy. Very. Right. Very crazy. Gonna talk a little bit about this character for a second. Go right ahead. So, one of the things I want, because I found it a little hard. Maybe, I, maybe I just my brain works weirdly. Found it hard that this highly established Nobel Prize winning scientist son is in this like city mental institution. I know we don't call those and that's not what we call them anymore, but I want him to be there when he meets uh, James because they don't really know who he is. And when he's doing the whole like, oh, well, my father finds out I'm here and all that. But because he doesn't really tell anybody who his father is, they can't quite figure out. Yeah, maybe. And then you have a scene where like maybe after the break in where the people come in and James can be like, oh, where's Jeffrey? And they're like, oh, his, he's been transferred because turns out he's, he, he is he somebody. Rich. Yeah. <laughs> Or it's his father just stuck him there to go on vacation. <laughs> okay, so Brad Pitt is definitely one of the uh, higher class actors we've ever had to recast before. Uh, not at the time he wasn't until after. Um, what is he known for? Uh, I will give you an easy one. Roy? He's known for this movie. Is he? Yes. Okay. And no. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yes, actually. Um, Ocean's 8? No. Ocean, no, Ocean's Eleven. No. No? No. It's not known for any of the Ocean None movies? of the Oceans. Uh, seven? Nope. You get two more guesses. Oh, Brad Pitt. More uh, modern. Fight Club? No. He's not known for Fight Club. Nope. You people suck. <laughs> so um, I said more modern. I, I don't... I haven't really seen modern Brad Pitt, so... Moneyball? I, yeah, I haven't seen it. And Ad Astra. Okay, Movie screw all of you. Two years ago. Screw all of you. He should be known for Fight Club. <laughs> he should be known for Seven. He should be known for at least one of the Oceans movies. So he has a couple of things in post-production and and all that stuff right now. Yeah. It's called like the Untitled Chris Cornell Documentary. Uh, something called Black Hole. The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Mm. Where he's an executive producer. Um, yeah, he's, he's also a very... Oh, God, he's 84 credits. Jesus. Bruce Willis had 139. So. I really want to see his new movie coming out called Bullet Train. That looks oh, great. yeah. That one looks good. Um, I I really like him as an actor. I don't mind him as an actor. Yeah. There are times where I'm like, mm, yeah. I like the way he, he, he is really good. Like, um, So we we've did seven. This movie. Um, this movie. I liked, I really like him in Fight Club. Like, I think he does a great job in that movie. Um, yeah, this movie was a, a, one of those ones where it's just like off. Um, interview with a Vampire, meh. I don't really remember it. I don't remember him in it. Um, but like the Oceans, the first Oceans movie for sure. Oceans 11. Yeah. Where every scene he's eating... Like, I think uh, Rusty is just a really... Because I think between him and Clooney, I think they were a really good team. Well, I think it's movies. because they were so so much they were friends. Yeah. Like those two got along so well yeah. that it was just like, hey. And then th that spilled over into the movie where it's like, oh yeah, you can tell they're actually... Mm -hmm. 
Um, even like Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Smith was decent. I don't mind him in Troy, but <sighs> Troy had issues. Troy has issues. Troy has issues, but. One thing that you will never be able to convince me of is that that fight scene between him and Eric Bana isn't great. Oh, that one-on-one fight between him, have you and ever? Achilles, and Eric yeah. Bana is so well he- done. Hector, Hector, yeah. yeah. Have, um, you, have you ever heard the story of that? So they had a they had a going bet during that filming those scenes of every hit cost ten dollars. Like every time they accidentally hit the other, it mm-hmm. cost ten, and then I think a hit to or another hit was like fifty or something. Yeah, and it turned out like Eric or Brad Pitt had to pay like Eric Bana like five hundred and eighty bucks, <laughs> and Eric Bana didn't have to pay him anything. <laughs> well, it was something like that. I can't remember like, which one just, it was. Just from a storytelling perspective. Oh yeah, no, that's a great. That fight. fight scene is really really well done. I know this is getting a little bit tangenty, but because. <laughs> Brad Pitt pays Achilles, like one of the best fighters in mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell in that fight scene that he is playing with Hector. Yeah. He is not fighting a man who is his equal. Well, he's Hector also... is always on the back foot. He is yeah. always defending. He also doesn't traditionally fight. Like, yeah. he doesn't stand there and, like, huh, yeah. shield. He, like, walks around and, yeah. yeah. It's a really, really well storied and choreographed fight, and I really enjoy it. As much as I also Troy is a bit of an odd movie, no. but. but I also do enjoy in that movie. There's the whole point where there's like the one big guy, like somebody fight me, and he like walks out, stabs him back, and like does a flying stab, <laughs> yeah. and then they're like, okay, <laughs> like ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> and <sighs> that I think great. that's one of the reasons why I quite like Brad Pitt, is because when he does some roles he really throws himself into these mm-hmm. he did it with this with seven inglorious bastards oh right like he is that. so good as Alderaan. um and like i know it's probably not everything i'm assuming he didn't throw himself into will the krill and happy feet too as much as he does in other things oh he could have you know he... but like he also agreed to be the vanisher <laughs> i was about to say one like... of my favorite parts <laughs> is the fact that for a cup of coffee <laughs> He was the Vanisher, <laughs> and that made that movie ten times better because it was holy shit. Was that Brad Pitt? Yep. I remember seeing that and being like, "Was that him?" Not to mention, then later we found out that one of the hillbillies is Ma- is Matt Damon. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, is it my go or your go? Um, I did Jeffrey Donovan yeah, for yeah. So it's okay. Yours. So, speaking of crazy. Mm-hmm. I went with Shia LaBeouf. Wow, that's just mean to Shia LaBeouf. No, it's not. I think Shia LaBeouf. I think he's. I'm going to say his name differently every time I say it. Shia. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> um, I think he can do this. Mm-hmm. I think the man child that is Shia LaBeouf just has, has some amazing acting chops. But a lot of mental issues. Yes. And, and like, I think if he used them and channeled them into a part, he could do it well. Um, they were also in a movie together, so he probably hmm. have some sort of insight into the man because they were both in Fury. And Fury, again, for mm-hmm. being a little bit flawed of a film, the characterizations of those char- of those people were very well done amongst mm-hmm. all the actors and like he is really really good in that movie 
Um, I, I never ended up seeing it, but he got lots of praise for his... Honey Boy or... Yeah, the one about actually his life. Yeah. And um, how badly his dad treated him during his... Well, basically he went into acting to help his family. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So... Um, I mean, as it's not as great as the Michael Bay movies were. I, I don't... Like, he was fine in the first Transformers. That... The act... <laughs> I'm not going to say the acting was bad, because the acting wasn't bad. The writing was bad. Mm-hmm. The plot No matter bad. what you can say about those movies, every single time Shia LaBeouf had to talk to one of them, mm-hmm. he sold the fact that he was staring at a 20-foot robot. Yeah. And that is not easy to do. Also, Cause he like, got to live a lot of our dreams. He was in a movie with a live-action Optimus Prime. <laughs> that's true. Um, but he like, got to meet the Optimus those himself. Those later movies had people like John Malkovich in them, and they couldn't do it Anthony as well. Hopkins right. ended up in one of them. Yeah, but like they couldn't... They made like six of them. That's true, and they're making more. Ah, <laughs> oh, goddamn, stop. <laughs> um, but th- they couldn't do that as well. No. Right? Like... Well, uh, again, I started to watch Bumblebee and I fell asleep. Bumblebee was actually quite good. But that was Haley Steinfeld, wasn't it? Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, well, she is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> we won't deny it. <laughs> okay. So I guess I'm up now? You are up now. So I went for frenetic energy. And I think he could do it really well. So I went with John Boyega. Okay. Because he was so frenetic as Finn. Like, at least in the first movie. Yeah. We won't talk about the rest of them. Why? They're great movies. Meh. Meh. I think The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba have shown that we can true, do True Star better. Wars fan hates Star Wars. <laughs> A true Star Wars fan hates Star Wars. <laughs> I think, like, Rebels and The Clone Wars show. I we... think there are better versions of Star Wars out there, 100%. but I still think those movies are good. I think they're good. I, I not... absolutely love Rey. I think she's one of the better characters that yeah. Star Wars has ever produced. Same I'm not, with Kylo Ren. I'm not a I big just, fan of the the third one. I'm not a big fan of the second and the third one just because the second one doesn't make a lot of sense. No. They, they backed their characters into corners that they couldn't get them out of. And then they completely cut out a character in the third one. Yeah. Because the audience didn't like her for some reason. Which is bullshit. Yeah. And I just didn't like the whole Palpatine line. Like, the story. No. Like, you... And I didn't like the... I, I know we, we talked about this. I don't like what they did to Luke. Like, I, I get, okay, you can have him as a hermit, but I wanted to see at least one badass Luke that wasn't just like... Give me any badass Luke stuff. He's never been a badass. Oh, Why yeah. do people think he's a badass? Um, The Mandalorian. <laughs> that was new. <laughs> don't care. That was badass <laughs> Luke. Do you not agree with that? But that was bef- that was after everything. I don't <laughs> care. Do you not agree that that was a badass Luke moment? It was, one hundred percent. He literally crushed one droid. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I just I always I hate when people are like, oh, that's not Luke Skywalker. You mean the guy who raged out and killed his dad? Yeah, that's totally Luke Skywalker. Like, <laughs> well, it's also because they created such. A universe yeah, of Luke universe, later, and that wasn't the Luke that they were no. playing, right? But okay, we're, still, we're getting yeah, we're okay. getting along. Anyways, John Boyega, <laughs> because of how he can play like that freneticness, I think he would do this really well as uh, this like crazed up. If you're gonna tell me we're not recording, I'm gonna no, smack no, you. No, we're recording. Uh, <laughs> something I'll we'll talk about in a minute. Okay, this like crazed up 
animal lover, not in that sense. Oh gosh, um, activist, <laughs> better. Animal and I think you lover. could do it really well. So, uh, what I was looking at was weird because uh, I'm on I'm on um, uh, IMDb. IMDb page, and yeah. there's a side thing that's just called products and development. I'm gonna guess they're not his, but one of them is called Zebra Murders. Ooh. That's what I was looking at. I'm like, what the hell is zebra murder? <laughs> it's when you murder a zebra. So, yeah. Anyway. Hey. Let's talk about Madeline Stowe. Sorry, I just was looking up the trivia for Brad Pitt. Apparently he's banned from China. Why? What did he do to China? Because of his role in Seven Years in Tibet. Oh. Actually, you know what? I, I knew about that. <laughs> because that whole movie is about yeah. how Tibet should be its own yeah. goddamn country. Yes. Because... Everywhere should be their own goddamn countries. Yeah. So. Anyways, uh, Catherine Riley. Yeah, Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe. What is Madeline Stowe known for? No idea. You tell She's me. She's known for this movie. Shortcuts. A movie I've never heard of. No. Um, a movie I actually really, really like with John Travolta in it called The General's Daughter. And The Last of the Mohicans, which I've never seen. I've not seen any of those. You've never seen the 12 Monkeys? Nope. <laughs> I just bullshit this list. Uh, so There's probably a movie I've seen her in because she did look somewhat familiar, but I, I she honestly... She was in one episode of the 12 Monkeys TV show. Oh, yeah. We should have talked about the fact as that there's a 12 as, Monkeys TV show. Lillian. Um, yes, there is a 12 Monkeys TV show. I've never seen but it. But we were ignoring it. Uh, how many episodes? Oh, apparently it? she's in soundtracks with John Boyega. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Oh. Jesus. There are four seasons of this show. Oh, yeah. There's there's a, a few of them. Bad Girls. I've not seen any movies with her. Hmm. Weird. All right. Well, I guess I'm up. You are up. Going on my Britishness. And speaking of Doctor Who, can you guess who it is? Karen Gillan. No. Um, Olivia Coleman. No. Wait, sorry, who'd you say? Olivia Coleman. <laughs> what, Jenna? Huh? Wasn't it Jenna Coleman? No, Olivia Coleman was in the first Matt Smith episode, oh. and she went on to win like two Oscars Weird. in movies. <laughs> I went with Jenna. She's also the one in um, Hot Fuzz. Oh, right. <laughs> nope, I went with Jenna Coleman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, From Captain America, the first Avenger? Yes. Oh, yes. She was in that. I actually was like, wait, when, when was she in that? She and was She was one of the dates that Bucky and uh, her and, and Captain Steve were going to go on at the beginning of the movie. The captain. Yeah. Um, but she plays um, Clara for the Doctor for a while. She was great on that. Um, and it was kind of like, I wanted somebody that, again, she's going to be a distinguished writer as a psychiatrist and all this i don't want the love story like we were talking about yeah and i think she can do a really well presented like sympatheticness oops sorry okay. which is what i think she did kind of with uh capaldi right to she, some degree she did i would agree with that um she she gave him at least a little bit of a, a less of an edge yeah um which he then gained right back with the rest of the companions that he had. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so she did her. have a. I didn't like her ending though. Her ending should have been at the Christmas special. 
I'm going to be honest. I didn't make it that far through the Cavaldi. That's fine. Who? Um, she ended up basically dying. Mm-hmm. Um, the raven killed her. And like you can't stop that. But uh, they froze her in time between breaths. So she's now technically immortal. Eventually it'll end, it'll catch up with her. But she now just doesn't breathe. She just lives on. Her and <laughs> me. Um, Maisie Williams went yeah. off and traveled together for a while. But no, her the Christmas special where she was in, mm-hmm. um, he comes back and she's old. And he goes, I'm sorry I left you. And she goes, what are you sorry for? I went out and had an amazing life because I was, I had learned to do it with you. And I mm-hmm. traveled the world and I did amazing things. And I had a great life and I had a great family. You yeah. made my life better. Yeah. And then they made it a dream sequence or like a hallucinogen hallucination and i'm like why <laughs> this was like a really good ending for a companion that you then ruined yeah. <laughs> like because no companion has a good ending like you could come on rose tyler has a great ending no she doesn't she ends up in a different universe <laughs> granted she gets she gets to be with the doctor but a version of him yeah like i think the best one i think is amy because she just yeah. gets zapped back to 1960s with New York Rory. with Rory. So she gets to live her life with Rory, yeah. but still. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, Jenna Coleman, since I got us on this track. Who did you have? Well, uh, go who did I have? I had um, Jessica Henwick. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think she... No, I don't think. She's great. She was the best thing in that stupid, stupid... Stupid TV show. Iron Fist. Thank you. I was yeah. trying to figure out which one. I'm like, um, nope, I know who she is now. And like, she's been in so many other things that have just been amazing. And I think she she needs to do more. I think if they bring back Iron Fist, I think it should be her. And I'm, I think I, they should never talk about Danny again. I'm, I'm really intrigued with the introduction of Charlie Cox into the MCU. Yeah. Because you, you know if they bring Jessica Jones, they're bringing the same actress. So if they bring Luke Cage, they got to bring the same actor. I have a weird theory about that. Is it multiverse theory? It'll never happen. All right, let's hear it. But Ron, they, this if, is a tangent If they're going If they're going to introduce Luke and Jessica, mm-hmm. they introduce them as a couple with yep. a kid. Yeah. And they introduce it by in Miss Marvel, the TV show. Every now and then, something will happen. You know, in her show, yeah. you'll see a neighbor watching through the windows. You never see the neighbor. And then eventually, you know, it turns out to be them. And they're watching her because she's also super powered. Mm. And, like, they have a kid. They have, like, because they should be together. Yeah. Because their ver- their daughter, Danielle, becomes a Captain America. Mm. Like, she is a combination of the two of them. Yeah. And, like, the best of both worlds. Oh, yeah, because she'd be super strong and invincible. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that would be a cool way, because they, still... they need to build up the new Avengers. And I think I that would be a great addition to it. I still think that the whole reveal of Charlie Cox in the Spider-Man movie was just... That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, I'm the only... Yeah, because, like, imagine in, like, the Miss Marvel show, like... She's at home, and she gets a knock on the door, and that's just Charlie. He's there, yeah. or Jessica Walters. 
Yeah. Comes. Oh no, it's gonna be in She-Hulk. Yeah. You Je- know it's Jessica gonna be Walters in She-Hulk. Comes up and be like, "Hey, heard you need a lawyer. I yeah. just, this this is what I do." And then you hear Jessica, <laughs> and then you look across. Huh. <laughs> you know, but like, or Jennifer. Yeah. Sorry, Jennifer. It's Jennifer Walters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Jennifer. Yeah, and you know, because because Jennifer and Jessica were yeah. friends. Yeah. Like same with Carol. Right, which is again why I think they would be watching her mm-hmm. because Jessica and Carol are friends. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it'll never happen because that's not how things work. No, it's like we're never going to get Gore the God Butcher at the end of Moon Knight, even though that would be the perfect way to end that series. <laughs> yeah, him showing up and being like, "I'm going to kill all these gods because that's what I do." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just don't want to go on a tangent about Moon Knight now, so let's just keep going. Okay, last but not least, James, James Cole. Cole. Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. We, we talked, talked a lot. about him earlier. He is amazing. We love him. May he rest in peace. He's not dead. Eh, I know, but... His career might be, but he deserves to be retired. He was born in West Germany. Yeah, you didn't know that? I did not know that. Oh, learned something new about Bruce today. Yeah. I'm going to guess he was an army brat then. Probably. Yeah. Well, he was born to a German mother. Huh? So it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> yes. It's Bruce. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Okay. Who do you have? Okay. So one of the things that I've always loved about Bruce, one of the things that I think made his John McClane, especially in the first couple of movies, so appealing, is that he was an everyday dude, put in an extraordinary circumstance, but he never was never not an everyday dude. Hmm. He was just this average person who happened to make things work. Um, I know that was kind of a thing for a little bit. That's why we love Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, same type of thing. Um, and I was thinking about that when I recasted him. And the only person I could think of, mostly because I just recently rewatched this movie. Uh, or a movie with him in it where he plays an everyday dude. And I picked Donald Glover. Because oh. I recently we watched Spider Man, where he's like, you gotta get better at this. You gotta get like that's exactly the kind of right. Yeah. And like I think you know between you get that and then you get a mixture of that and Troy from Community, where he was kind of manic and yeah. crazy and nuts. Uh, you get a mixture of those, and I think he would just blow this part out of the water because he does so well at just being this. Yeah. I'm just a dude, man. <laughs> like they re- I'm just they re- a dude, man. <laughs> what did they do? They revealed, or I don't think they revealed, but they were talking about a whole bunch of deleted scenes that were in movies and Marvel movies. And one of the ones they talked about is the fact that, like, in Spider-Man, he was supposed to sit down when his hand was stuck and like pull out his phone and call and be like, "Hey, Miles, I need your help." And that was supposed to be part of it. Yeah. Well, he does say, "I got a nephew." Lives yeah, here. I got a nephew. I don't want that. Yeah. Magnetic crawlers. It'd be, be awesome if we get a Spider-Man four and. You know, you know if they do a Spider-Man four, you're gonna get Miles. One hundred percent, because it's gonna be years before we get a Spider-Man four. Yeah. Go. Who's your nigga? Uh, because I saw him recently in a, in a movie, and I really like this guy as an actor. I went with Dev Patel. Okay. I like it. I, yeah. I don't know if you watched The Green Knight yet. I still haven't. I really need to get to it. It is. But it's an experience. Every time I see Dev Patel in a movie, I think he's amazing. Except for Avatar. We don't talk about that. No, I still think he was good in that. 
I think he could have been better, but I, yes. Again, as I said when it came to other things, that mm-hmm. was a failure of writing, not acting. That was a failure of one man. Um, but Dev Patel is a great actor. Fantastic actor. The Green Knight is a... It's a very long movie. And it's very artistic. It's beautiful to watch. But it gets really confusing at times. But, like, he is great. And I just kind of envision him as this, like person out of place and being so good at that and kind of being that is he crazy is he not like i think he could do that so well so i was like dev patel i like him i don't want to see him in more things okay yeah watch the green knight though it was good i will watch the green knight uh yeah all right 12 monkeys that's it for 12 monkeys yeah we got it it's done Tech Noir. Next week, 13 monkeys. 13. Let's oh, I thought cool. we were going down. I thought it was 11 monkeys. Damn, oh. I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You watched the prequel, not the sequel? <laughs> no, because it goes backwards. It's actually 11 monkeys, but it's really the future. No, no, it was just chronologically that way, but oh. it, they were the release date. Oh. <laughs> I'm so confused. What are we doing? Where, are, where can they find us? Uh, you guys can find us all over the internet. We are... Whatever podcast service you use, we will probably going to be on it. We should be anyway. Because... Um, because what? Because if, if we're not there, you're not listening to us anyway. So. Wow. Well... Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> like, um, if you found us on the... Wherever you found us, listen there. to us on there. Um, please um, interact with us. We do this for fun. It's a great way to unwind at the end of a week, so we'd love mm. to hear from you guys. Chris, where can they find you? Find me on Etsy at the Canuck Comic Guy store. Come check out boxes and tables and shelves, things I make. Well, things I kind of make. Decorate. Decorate. Makes more sense. Make nicer. Check me on Instagram, too, at the same thing. If I ever updated Instagram. You can also check out Fiona Veer. Uh, that's Danielle's Instagram yes. as well. All right. Well, we've started off the month. You have to figure out what it is next month, next week. I know what it is. Oh, no, I meant the, the listeners have to figure it out. <laughs> from our clues, use technology. No, I'm joking. All right. From all of us here at Recasted, go watch Minority Report.